What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. My name is Ryan. We got episode 36 for you guys coming today. As we record, Wednesday, September 7th, tomorrow marks the first day of the NFL season. Holy cow, can we be more excited? We love talking football on this show. We love talking all sports, but football season is just so much fun, so electric. We'll go over the uh, college football slate over the past weekend. We'll go over big matchups to look forward to this upcoming weekend. We'll go over the NFL slate, then we'll get into our predictions, okay? So hopefully you guys uh, enjoy the episode. If you do, be sure to show us some love on social media, on YouTube, everywhere else. And otherwise, let's just jump straight into the episode. The Phenomenal Fan Podcast, a podcast by the fan, for the fan. Episode 36, we got great episode for you guys today. Like I said, we're going to be, you know, just predicting stuff, Go over, going over pretty much all things football on this show. We will touch on other sports, and we wanted to start with those other sports because there's a lot of stuff going on in the world of sports in general, okay? Hopefully by now... You guys have finished your fantasy football drafts. You've finished, you know, everything that you need to do to get prepared for the NFL season. I have a, a couple fantasy drafts actually tonight, believe it or not, the day before the season, just squeaks, squeaking those in. But in the world of sports at the moment, we got a few things cooking, okay? Number one, before we even get into the American-dominated primary sports, wanted to touch on... Formula One, because I'm a Formula One fan. I got into Formula One from the uh, Netflix show, Drive to Survive, watched all the seasons, went to Formula One qualifying in Miami through uh, a unique opportunity that I had. But Formula One is a great sport. And the update on this is Max Verstappen is probably going to close out his second world championship here relatively soon. They just finished, uh, I can't remember which Grand Prix it was, but Max Verstappen won again. It was his home Grand Prix. I think it was in the Netherlands, maybe not. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. But Max Verstappen's going to win the world championship. In the NBA world, Donovan Mitchell got traded to the Cleveland Cavs, leaves the New York Knicks high and dry. The only conversations that had gone on between Utah, I should say the only conversations that were open about Donovan Mitchell with the Utah Jazz that everybody seemed to know about was the New York Knicks. And at the last second, the Cavs come in, swoop in. They get the guy that a lot of people were looking for, Donovan Mitchell, because the Utah Jazz are on a tear right now, selling off everybody in their franchise. Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, they're going to not – I'd be surprised. I don't know. 
I, I can always respect a team that actually has a direction. And there's a very clear direction for the Utah Jazz. And that direction is not winning for a long time. Full-blown, undisputed rebuild. And at least they know that. So, you know, you feel bad for, for Utah Jazz fans because they had a great core guy, you know, core group. But at least they have a direction. You know, some other franchises just don't. And they just linger around that 500, a little below 500 mark for like a decade. And it's frustrating because you're like, okay, when are we going to make the push? Or maybe they make the playoffs a couple times in that decade, just get destroyed in the first round. So, and I get that happens with small market teams, but there's a way for small market teams in every single sport to make an impact. And I think the Jazz, as much as it sucks, that's their direction. And hopefully it works out for them. Who knows? On the flip side, you get all these other talented players, Rudy Gobert, Donovan Mitchell. Uh, I'm not great with NFL or uh, with NBA names, I should say. But you get these great players. And you give them an opportunity to go somewhere and make an impact because that's all those guys want to do. They want to go to a team that's competing and play meaningful basketball, play meaningful games. So Donovan Mitchell to the Cavs. Baseball is seeing the Big Apple in shambles right about now. If we take a look at the standings in Major League Baseball, the Yankees, who at one point, I don't know how big the lead was, exact number, in the American League East over the Tampa Bay Rays, but it was double digits. For sure, for sure double digits. Like 10, 12, 14 game lead. It's down to four and a half. Now, the Rays have been playing good baseball. The Yankees have been playing bad baseball. The Mets and the Braves in the National League East are tied for first place in that division. The Braves have been absolutely on fire. And the Mets have lost four in a row. The Mets also at one point had a double-digit lead in that division, and it is now tied. New York baseball fans are panicking right now, as they should. Because there's a realistic chance that both the Yankees and the Mets will have had double-digit division leads, and both of those teams get knocked out of the playoffs in their first respective rounds. There's a chance the Mets play in the wild card round and get knocked out. There's a chance the Yankees play in the wild card round and get knocked out. I personally think the Yankees will still hold on to the AL East division crown. But once they get in the playoffs and get into the divisional round, there's a great chance they lose. So New York baseball is in shambles right now doesn't mean they can't turn it around doesn't mean their seasons are done doesn't mean they're 
doomed forever. Frank Fleming will tell you otherwise at Barstool Sports. He is convinced that the Mets won't even make the playoffs, which is just bananas. But that's what's going on in the world of baseball. I'd be shocked if the Dodgers don't win the World Series. I mean, we say it on our baseball show. We've said it here probably a couple times, but I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked if the Dodgers don't win the World Series. Don't win the World Series. Moving on to football, man. Let's just get into it, okay? College football kicked off last week. We're so fired up about it. There was a ton of great games on the slate. There's a ton of great games that were not necessarily at the top of people's lists, but it turned out being great games. Going to the top 25, okay? Oklahoma State pulls off a win at number 12 on Thursday night. I'm, I'm looking to see if I can pull up the AP poll. Okay, got it. Oklahoma State at 12 wins. Pitt over West Virginia barely wins on Thursday night as a 17-ranked team. Wake Forest beats up VMI. Friday night, Michigan State takes down Western Michigan. And then Saturday, man. Oh, what a slate. What a slate. Number one, Alabama. Roll Tide, baby. I'm an Alabama fan. Yes, I'm a bandwagon. Yes, I have no ties to them. But I rooted for them when I was a kid because I loved college football and I lived in an area that didn't have college football. So I watched them every day. Not every day. Every week during college football season because I fucking love college football. Ended up just falling in love. So Alabama played Utah State. Beat the fucking piss out of them. 55 to nothing. Number two, Ohio State. Number five, Notre Dame. Ohio State takes him down 21 to 10. Notre Dame was up 10 to 7 at half. They just could not get anything going offensively in the second half of the game. But Ohio State comes out pretty much just out talents Notre Dame and comes uh comes away with the victory. Number 3 uh Georgia, number 11 Oregon. I thought this would be an okay game. I thought Georgia was going to win. I think Georgia was favored by 17. Sixteen. Georgia's favored by 16. Did they cover? Yes. 49 to 3. Oregon stinks. I like I don't know what else to say. Yes, Georgia's defense is amazing, but Oregon's quarterback, Bo Nix, transfer from Auburn. I, like I've meant just mentioned 30 seconds ago, I'm an Alabama fan. Bo Nix transferred from Auburn. I got to watch Bo Nix for three, maybe at least three of the years, maybe four at Auburn. I think he beat Alabama. He beat him once for sure, potentially twice, but I know he beat him once for sure. And Bo Nix is the biggest fraud at the quarterback position in the top 25. It doesn't mean there's that he's not better than some of the quarterbacks in the top 25 because I'm sure he is. But those other quarterbacks he's better than aren't guys that transfer from Auburn to Oregon and act like they're a top five quarterback in the nation, right? Like the quarterback for Michigan, Shea Patterson or, or um, uh, the other guy that they potentially will start. Like those guys aren't as good as Bo Nix, I don't think, but they don't act like it. Bonix acts like he is fucking God's gift to the world. 
and he got his brakes beat off by Georgia. 49-3. Stetson Bennett had a great game. 368 yards passing, two passing touchdowns. Good for them. Texas A&M beat Sam Houston State. Florida, Utah. Great, great, great football game. Number seven, Utah playing unranked Florida. Florida takes them down 29-26. Great football game. Michigan, Colorado State. Michigan kills them. UTEP uh, versus number nine, Oklahoma. Oklahoma kills them. Baylor and Albany. Baylor beats the shit out of Albany. NC State and East Carolina. Number 13, NC State. They edge out East Carolina 21-20. That was a great football game. USC kills Rice. Miami kills Bethune Cookman. Wisconsin kills Illinois State. Arkansas and Cincinnati. Number 19, Arkansas. Number 23, Cincinnati. Arkansas edges out Cincinnati 31-24. Great football game again. Great football game. Cincinnati with a late charge. Goes scoreless in the first half. Puts up 17 in the third. But they come up short. And Arkansas takes them down 31-24. Kentucky plays Miami of Ohio. Kills them. Ole Miss plays Troy. Only beats them 28-10. I'm sure. I'm sure that. Why am I blanking on the Ole Miss head coach? The Alabama offense, Lane Kiffin. I'm sure Lane Kiffin wasn't pumped about it, but Ole Miss gets the win nonetheless. Houston and UTSA, University of Texas, San Antonio. 24-ranked Houston beats them 37-35 in triple overtime. That's a great football game. BYU plays Southern Florida, kills them, and then Monday night, Clemson looked like shit for a while, but number four, Clemson takes down Georgia Tech 41-10. to So there's your recap. The only top 25 team, the only top 25 teams that lost were Utah against Texas. I mean, Utah against Florida, the Gators. Number 23, Cincinnati, to number 19, Arkansas, and Oregon, and Notre Dame. But those were two, the number two and number three teams. So after that all happens, the AP poll comes out for this uh, for this next week. And like I said, some of these games, Clemson looked like shit. Uh, Florida, big win over number seven ranked Utah. So a little bit of a shakeup. <clears throat> Not much has changed, though. Number one is Alabama. Number two is Georgia. Number three is Ohio State because Georgia and Alabama dominated. Ohio State didn't play Notre Dame great, but didn't destroy them. <clears throat> they, I think that's the same thing. They didn't play them great, but they won the game. That's the point. So they stay at three. Michigan jumps up to four. From, what were they at? Eight? Eight to four for Michigan. Clemson drops from four to five. A&M stays at six. Oklahoma jumps from nine to seven? Nine 
to seven. Notre Dame drops from five to eight. Baylor comes jumps from ten to nine. USC eleven to ten. Oklahoma State at eleven. The Gators, with the win over Utah, go from unranked to twelfth in the country. Big jump. Big, big jump. Utah drops from seven to thirteen. Michigan State is at 14. Uh, Miami's at 15. Arkansas jumps from 19 to 16. Pittsburgh jumps from 17. Oh, they stay at 17. NC State to 19. Wisconsin at NC State at 18. Wisconsin 19. Kentucky 20. Baylor 20. Oh my gosh, what am I doing? I see the logo and I just say something differently. Wisconsin 19. Kentucky 20. BYU 21, Ole Miss 22, Wake Forest 23, Tennessee, the Volunteers find themselves in the top 25 at number 24, and then Houston at 25. So, nothing there really stands out, except Oklahoma jumping from 9 to 7, Clemson dropping from 4 to 5, Ohio State and Georgia swapping. Interestingly enough. And then the Gators. Gators jumping all the way up to 12, man. Holy shit. That's a huge jump. I mean, who knows, right? They might have been 26 or 27 if their numbers went that high. But that's a huge jump. So that's the AP standing as of right now. Let's just say, theoretically, the season ended today. Which, of course, it doesn't. Because we've played one game. But if the college football playoff was going on today... It'd be Alabama playing Michigan, Georgia playing Ohio State, and that would be fucking electric. Now, the last thing I wanted to talk about with the college football spectrum is the expansion of the college football playoff. The college football playoff board of managers has decided on a 12-team college football playoff. 12-team model is expected to start in 2026 after the current contract is ended. How do we make this... work how does this going to work for college football is the playoff expansion good for college football or is it bad for college football i say it's fucking awesome for college football it's amazing gives more teams an opportunity to display themselves on a national scale and potentially potentially upset the big name schools that are always getting the edge or always getting the benefit of the doubt to get into the college football playoff. You have teams like University of Central Florida a few years back. They go undefeated. They claim themselves as national champions. And they say, we want Bama or we would have beat Bama or all these different things. Put us in the playoff. Now's your opportunity, UCF or schools like that. You get into the college football playoff as a 12 seed and you're undefeated, but you're in a bad conference, run the table. Put your money where your mouth is. And I think 
what this is going to do more than anything is show truly what it takes to be a champion. Because I think at the end of the day, only playing two games, it doesn't allow for teams any sort of margin for error, right? You can have a bad half in these expanded playoffs and still say, you know what, if we just can somehow manage a win, we have the opportunity to play another game next, and it's not, you know, the championship against the best team in the country. I think it's great for college football. I think everybody loves the NCAA men's basketball tournament for a reason, because low seeds play high seeds. For the most part, the best teams always advance. But a lot of times, there's upsets. There's teams that shouldn't. There's there's teams that shouldn't find themselves deep into the tournament that are, and that's the beauty of sports in general, not just college sports. But the fact that it's college is even better. And guess what that means? More meaningful college football at the end of the year, around the holidays. More bowl games. More. Meaningful games on campuses. And let me just tell you, it's great. Because I love football. I want to see more football. And it's going to allow for teams that maybe get hosed by the system or have two horrible, not horrible. It's going to allow for teams that got hosed because of the losses or the rankings or the system, or the fact that they play two top 10 teams throughout the season and those are their only two losses, you can still have a chance. So, I love it. I think 12 is a good number. I don't think they should expand any more than 12. I was hoping to see 8 as the first initial round of expansion, but 12 is fine. Let's keep it there for like a decade, at least, or more. But I love it. Okay. That's college football. Super exciting. Oh, we're going to look at this uh, games for next week. Games for next week. Number one, Alabama takes on Texas. I will be there. I will be at the game in Texas. Super excited. Texas is talking a whole lot of smack. So we'll see. The rest of the slate, uh, as far as top 25 matchups go, I mean, a lot of these teams play some really, really bad teams. Tennessee is playing Pittsburgh, number 24 Tennessee against number 17 Pittsburgh. That'll be a good game. Number 20 Kentucky is playing number 12 uh, Florida. That'll be a great game. And to pretty much the nightcap of Saturday, number nine, Baylor, plays number 21, BYU. That'll be a good game. Not a ton of super compelling action next week. I'd say Alabama-Texas might be, like, the coolest game on the schedule. Just two historied college football programs. Texas joining the SEC. Should be fun. Now, the NFL. 
it's time to talk about it. We open up the NFL season tomorrow with the Bills taking on the Rams in L.A. Like, what a football game to start the year. Potential Super Bowl matchup in week one. Unreal. Cannot believe it. So excited. Cannot overstate how excited we are. Everybody's excited. It's so much fun, man. We love the NFL. We love it. We love it. We love it. But that being said, with the NFL season starting, we wanted to make our predictions for the entire season. We'll do the divisions first, then we'll do the awards. And with the divisions, we'll start with the AFC West. In the AFC West, I got the Chiefs winning that division at 12 and 5. I got the Broncos finishing second at 11 and 6. I got the Raiders finishing third at 10 and 7, and I got the Chargers finishing fourth at 9 and 8. Not going to dive too much into those explanations, but before I hear anything from anybody about Dude, what? The Chargers are so loaded. They're so stacked. Guess what? They were last year. Guess what? They were in 2006 when they went 14-2. and two. Justin Herbert, incredible quarterback talent. But he's still young, and he still plays for a franchise that has horrible ownership, renting out a stadium from another team, and has historically done nothing but choke in December. So the Chargers have done nothing for me that has proven that they will make the postseason this year. If they do, I wouldn't be shocked, but I could also very easily see them going 9-8. and eight. Chiefs are loaded. That explains itself. Broncos, 11-6. and six. Russell Wilson's the man. That explains itself. And the Raiders are getting Devontae Adams. That explains itself. 10-7. and seven. None of those are completely unrealistic. And all four of those teams are really good. In the AFC East, this division pretty much explains itself, but I got the Bills in first at 14-3. and three. I got the Dolphins coming in second at 9-8. and eight. The Pats coming in third at 8-9. and nine. And the Jets coming in last at 5-12. and 12. Still think it'll be a good year for the Jets, but my God, are the Bills good. The Bills will run away from this division and have it clinched by week 14. In the AFC South, I have the Tennessee Titans winning that division by one game at 11 and 6. I got the Colts in close second at 10 and 7. Okay, I think the Colts are going to be pretty good this year. The Jags are coming in third at 7 and 10, and the Texans are going to mop up at 1 and 15 in the NFC. In the AFC South. I think the Colts are going to be pretty solid. Matt Ryan and Jonathan Taylor in the backfield. It's going to be a good combination. I just don't think it's going to be enough to stop the Titans with the defense, Derrick Henry, and everything else. Last division in the AFC is the AFC North. I got Joe Shiesty and the Bengals taking that division at 11-6. and six. Super easy for them. Just absolutely oozing nothing but swag. 
Bengals are nasty. Ravens are going to come in second at 10 and 7. Lamar's nasty. The Bengals, the Ravens are just always hanging around. Steelers are going to go 8 and 9. I mean, when you start Mitch Trubisky, you're going to go 8 and 9. I don't know what else to say. And then the Browns are going to come in last at 6 and 11. Yeah, they get Deshaun Watson back at the end of the year, but it's not going to make a difference. So Browns finish last. Moving on to the NFC. We'll start with the NFC West. And in the NFC West, I got I got the Rams finishing first. Pretty easy pick there, 12 and 5. Cardinals are going to come in second at 10 and 7. 49ers are going to finish above 500, but they're going to go 9 and 8. And the Seahawks are going to mop up the uh, NFC West at 4 and 13. That division explains itself. Everyone's kind of high on Trey Lance and the 49ers and yeah, they always find themselves in a playoff position. I don't think they're going to have enough this year. But they're going to be above 500. Nine and eight. In the NFC East, I think this division is going to be a lot closer than people think. I think this division is going to be a lot closer than people think. Cowboys are going to win it at 12 and five, but the Eagles are going to come in second and they're going to go 11 and six. The Eagles are going to be a good football team this year. Commanders are going to go seven and 10, and the Giants are going to go seven and 10. But I think it'll be a great run down the end of the season between the Cowboys and the Eagles. The Eagles have made improvements. The Cowboys are also very solid. But I think the Eagles give the Cowboys a run for their money. Cowboys come out with that division. NFC South, I got the Bucks winning that division at 11-6. I got the Saints in second place at 10-7. and Panthers are going to go 8-9, and nine, and the Falcons are going to go 6-11. and 11. I also think this division is going to be a lot closer than people think. Jameis Winston looked really, really good early in the year last year before he got hurt. Tom Brady is still Tom Brady. Yes, I get it, but he is so old. You simply cannot expect the same production from Tom Brady. You can't. That being said, he's still Tom Brady. Bucks are still going to win the division. Last division, the NFC North. Okay, the Packers are going to win that division. Aaron Rodgers, by himself, is going to win that division. They're going to go 11-6. and six. Vikings are going to go 10-7 and because the Vikings are loaded on offense. Kirk Cousins gets a bad rap. Is he an, an unbelievable, amazing quarterback? No. Is he bad? No. But Justin Jefferson... Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, those three by themselves are amazing. The bottom of this division is going to be really, really bad. Bears are going to go 4-13. and 13, Lions are going to go 2-15. and 15. That's my predictions for the divisions. To recap, Chiefs win the West, Bills win the East, Titans win the South, Bengals win the North. In the NFC, Rams will win the West, Cowboys will win the East, Bucks win the South, Packers win the North. I feel like those are all pretty easy picks, but you never know. A lot of those things can change. A lot of those things can shape, shake up. <clears throat> With these standings in the AFC, the wildcard teams would be the Broncos, the Colts, and 
the Ravens, I'm guessing, or the Raiders potentially at 10 and 7. One of those four. In the NFC, the wildcard teams would be the Eagles and then a mix between the Saints, Vikings, and Cardinals. So it'll be interesting to see, man. It'll be interesting to see, you know, who ends up actually getting into the postseason. And I'm guessing because I made the predictions, they're all going to be just dead cold wrong. Okay. I meant to put that graphic up there, but either way. Moving on to the NFL awards for this season. This season's going to feature a lot of amazing players in the NFL with a lot of potential and a lot of storylines. That being said, Russell Wilson is going to win the MVP this year. I think he shows up in Denver. I think he's super motivated. I think he's got weapons on weapons on weapons. I think he puts up enough of a season to take home the MVP. I like Russell Wilson at plus 1,400. I think that's great value. Russell Wilson for NFL MVP. Defensive player of the year, it's going to be Joey Bosa on the Chargers. He's a dominant player. Everybody knows that. And the easier picks are TJ or even his brother Nick, Jalen Ramsey, you know, somebody like that, no shot. I bet Bosa goes off this year. I think plus 2,000 is amazing value on Joey Bosa to win defensive player of the year. Comeback player of the year. A lot of good options here, but Jameis Winston's going to win comeback player of the year this year in the NFL. Blew out his leg last year after starting off incredibly hot. And he's going to come back this year with a healthy Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Jarvis Landry. He's going to put up numbers, man. He's going to win comeback player of the year. No doubt in my mind. Now. The last predictions I'm going to be making here are the conference winners and the Super Bowl winner. Okay? Here's the thing. A lot of times people get flack for picking the chalk. Picking, oh, well, these guys are such an obvious pick. It's not going to be them. That's a decent strategy in a lot of cases, except for football. If you have better players than the other teams, you're going to win a lot of the time, almost every time. When you have better players that are also better fundamentally, like the skill is there, the fundamentals are there, the mental approach is there, with a great head coach, you're going to win a lot. That being said, my prediction for my prediction for the AFC champion is the Buffalo Bills. Again, a lot of people are going to say easy pick. It is what it is. But the Bills are leaps and bounds better than everybody else. Their offense is going to be just as deadly as Kansas City. Their defense is going to be the best in the league, if not top three. And Sean McDermott's a great head coach, led by an incredible 
player, leader, person, Josh Allen, in a year coming off of devastation against Kansas City, if they get that number one seed and they get home field advantage with a bye week, nobody is stopping the Buffalo Bills. Nobody. Bills are going to win the AFC. My pick for the NFC champion is also going to get a lot of heat, but I'm taking the Cowboys at plus 1,000 to win the NFC. But the Cowboys choke every year. Yeah, they do. Okay? I got, no, I got nothing to say there. I got no defense for that. But I just like the Cowboys, and I like teams with really solid defenses. Cowboys have a really good defense. Combined with Dak Prescott, who I think is a really good quarterback and a great leader, weapons all around, I think the Cowboys take the NFC. I really do. I like the Cowboys, man. I don't actually, like, root for them. I'm just saying, I think the Cowboys are going to be good, man. I think they're going to be a good team. And last but not least... Super Bowl pick. Last but not least. Certainly not last, but not least. Because it's the last, but it ain't the least pick. It's the most important pick of them all. My pick for the Super Bowl champions of the 2022-2023 NFL season is the Bills. Again, it's a chalky pick, and people say, dude, it's not going to be the team with the best odds. I think it is. I don't see anybody else in the NFL giving them a ridiculously hard challenge that they can't take on. If they find themselves in a shootout in the playoffs with Kansas City like they did last year, they're going to be more prepared. On top of that, that game had a lot of impact on the home field away, you know, stuff. The Bills were away, and they they theoretically like should have won that game. I mean, they really, really should have won that game. If they get home field advantage, they are going to coast through the playoffs and find themselves in the Super Bowl. And there's nobody on the NFC side that is better than the Buffalo Bills. So the Bills are going to win the AFC East. The Bills are going to win the AFC Conference. And the Bills are going to win the Super Bowl. That's my prediction for the Super Bowl champions 2022-2023 NFL season. That's it. My predictions. And that's also going to do it for us. If you guys enjoyed this episode, thank you very much for tuning in. And be sure to give us some love on social media. Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. If you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, we appreciate it. If you're not, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Check us out on YouTube. Full episodes always go up on YouTube along with snippets. So check us out. We're so excited for the NFL season. Could not be more pumped. We love football on this show. And we just can't wait to get into it. Because the next time we record, we're going to have a full slate of NFL games under our belts. I'm sure a couple games are going to catch people by surprise. Some teams are going to win. Some teams are going to lose. And it's going to be awesome, man. It's going to be 
awesome. So either way, thank you guys very much for tuning in to episode 36 of the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Again, my name is Ryan, and we'll catch you guys on episode 37 after week one of the NFL season. Thanks for listening to the Phenomenal Fan Podcast. Want more? Follow us on social media and subscribe to Patreon for exclusive content.